Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have our first edition this year of the Bean Report. Also, Brian Peria with Canfax will stop by to give us the latest on the cattle markets. Up first in today's country comment, we'll talk about a potential shortage of personal protective equipment this year for farmers. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Farmers could see a shortage of personal protective equipment this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I got details from Colleen Flynn with Manitoba Agriculture. Some distributors in Manitoba have indicated to us that there are shortages and some longer times to obtain materials such as cartridges and masks, the uh, personal protective equipment used by applicators and growers. And these products are limited due to the necessity and current COVID-19 situation. Now, is this something um, we'll see right away or is something that might uh, show up later in the year? Well, actually, uh, some people might see it right away. Uh, there are some, some depending on the product, uh, some, some products are uh, in short supply, but some of them might not be in, supply, in short supply till later in the year. Uh, I know a lot of growers and pesticide applicators already have their masks and cartridges, which is good. Uh, but growers and applicators, um, we just want them to be aware that there are these potential sor- shortages so that the products might not be available for them at their distributors right away when uh, there might be some delay in obtaining these materials. If farmers don't have this equipment, uh, personal protective equipment, you know, uh, what what aspects of their operation will, will be impacted? If they don't have the, this equipment, uh, they need to... Uh, make sure that they do take the precautions. It's not, it's important to make sure that pesticides aren't applied without uh, following the label requirements. Uh, information on product label requirements are available on the Health Canada Pesticide Label Search tool as well as in Manitoba's Crop Protection Guide that Manitoba Agriculture puts out every year. Uh, it's important for producers to review the pro- product labels, identify the key products that require respiratory protection and, and other personal protection. They can look at their existing inventory and availability of personal protective equipment. And sometimes they can seek alternative products or practices if, if uh, necessary. They can also use integrated pest management. Uh, sometimes you can use other, other products. Uh, it's important for them... Uh, to be efficient as they always are, they can perhaps reuse uh, chemical resistant gloves instead of using disposable gloves and they can scout their crops carefully like they always do, evaluate thresholds for spraying, uh, look at crop stages and beneficial insects and other impacts or aspects of integrated pest management. It's not being advised to use a homemade mask or anything like that, right? Right. Pesticides... um, have specific uh, requirements, label requirements, and many pesticides, fungicides, and insecticides require respirators to prevent unacceptable levels of exposures. Um, So pesticides shouldn't be applied without the correct equipment. Homemade masks are not sufficient for label-required pesticides. Uh, Users should uh, make sure that they're using the precautions so they prevent unacceptable risks to themselves. If farmers have extra equipment, is the province still looking for for, uh, donations of those? Uh, Farmers do have extra equipment. I would encourage them to reach out and contact uh, Manitoba Agriculture, and we can uh, perhaps help people out that way. 
That was Colleen Flynn with Manitoba Agriculture talking about a possible shortage of personal protective equipment this year for farmers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The agriculture sector may be eligible to receive part of the $3 billion recently announced by the federal government to top up wages for low-income essential workers. It's up to the provinces and territories to determine whether agriculture qualifies as an essential service. Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo says they're waiting to see plans from the provinces, which are also expected to contribute dollars to the fund. The slowdown in the meat processing sector is causing a backlog in the livestock sector. Bob Lowe, president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, says that means increased costs for producers and the feedlot sector. An animal gets to market weight, and if you can't sell it, it keeps eating. So, so that took roughly $4 a day per head. So if they've been backed up a month, that's an extra $120 into that animal cost. And at the same time, the value of that animal has dropped by $500. Lowe welcomes the funding announced last week by the federal government, but notes it's not enough to cover the costs they've already faced, let alone anything more. Canada's chicken farmers say that the federal government doesn't fully understand what they need to mitigate specific impacts caused by COVID-19. Chicken Farmers of Canada says they've lowered their production by 12.6% for May and June and by 11% for July and August to address the concerns of their value chain partners and give the system a bit more breathing room. The group says it's asking for a commitment to cover both the value of the birds and the costs related to any required depopulations due to COVID-19. And there are a couple of crop disease issues that farmers should be on the lookout for this year. David Kaminsky is with Manitoba Agriculture. Based on what happened last year, I don't think that we have any real clear indications of things that are going to be an immediate risk uh, for the coming season. But there are a couple of emerging pests that we really need to be on the lookout for, those being clubroot in canola and uh, now soybean cyst nematode in soybeans. Kaminsky says it's important to scout regularly throughout the growing season. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Tuesday, May 12th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll chat with Canadian Cattlemen's Association President Bob Lowe. Up first, we're joined by Brian Peria with Canfax. Today, we're joined by Brian Peria with Canfax, who gives us an update on the cattle markets. The number one and biggest driver right now is just getting killed, cattle processed and killed. Um, you know, that's the big bottleneck uh, demand and everything seems pretty good. It's it's just a matter of getting beef put in front of consumers and on the retail shelves uh, at this point. Um, so with that, yeah, Cargill's back up and running. You know, uh, two, three weeks ago, we had, you know, the smallest, two weeks in a row, the smallest kills in Canada that we'd seen back in over 40 years. So obviously huge impact there we had a lot of cattle on feed and and cattle backing up you know we figure we probably have over a hundred thousand head of fed cattle here that that have been backed up with the plants down or not being able to export or just slow slow killed so right now it seems jbs uh, in brooks hasn't had to shut down but they greatly reduced kills and cargill coming back on stream last week so they're maybe running at half half capacity um right now um the uh, and and hence the, the fed cattle market's been the hardest hit in all this you know fed cattle prices got under a dollar 10 you know we haven't seen that uh since 2012 i believe um 
just uh, and but limited trade there. I think some guys are able to hold off and push cattle back um, with not serious serious implications in the short term. But um, you know, they just got to get those cattle priority. And hopefully, here if these packers come back on stream, we'll see fed cattle prices pick up a little bit. I know. Last time we talked, uh, you had mentioned you know there guys were having a tough time finding bids. You know, is that is there hope that that'll uh, that'll turn around now with some of these plants reopening or? Exactly. You know, at some point, I think it's going to be sluggish. You know, Cargill and JBS, uh, you know, they've got cattle, plenty of cattle around them. Uh, you know, like I said, lots are backed up. So they're trying to prioritize and get cattle killed that they had already, you know, promised to get done a while ago. Uh, but that said, I think, um, you know, they'll, they'll maybe start getting a little more active on the cash market. You know, it comes down to confidence that, you know, as their employees get healthy and they've put in huge kinds of uh, investment into the plants for the social distancing and putting up, um, you know, shields in between people and stuff like that. So once they're more confident that they can sort of ramp up their kills or get a more consistent kill, you know, they might be willing to step out and, and bid on some cattle. But it, it's going to be a little bit limited in the short term, you know, maybe helping out guys that have some overweight cattle and, and maybe even restricting how many they'll buy from certain places. But for the most part, I, I think we're um, feeling that a little more optimist, you know, guys that have a little bit of hope here in the marketplace, it, it should improve and we start to see some better bids out of, out of the local or bigger plants. Anything else, Brian? Uh, well, I just, you know, cow cows under pressure, but, you know, we're seeing lots of them still move to the U.S., uh, limited volumes there, but, um, you know, cows coming up, you know, in Manitoba, you know, probably some cows in around 80 cents. They were down into the 60s there at one point. So still decent demand there in the feeder market even you know, holding in there, saw a little bit of strength, and the grass cattle continue to, to be really strong, actually. You know, way well over 220, 230 pounds for, for like five-weight calves. So still some uh, optimism, you know, looking forward. That was Brian Peria with Canfax, giving us an update on the cattle markets. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler had a chance to talk with Canadian Cattlemen's Association President Bob Lowe about the impact COVID-19 is having on the beef sector. They chatted about last week's funding announcement by the federal government that included $50 million for a set-aside program. Is this enough and how far is it really going to take you? Uh, No, I mean, we're glad it's there and it's a start, but if you take in the whole the whole cattle complex, it, it was used up in a matter of like a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. So it's, it's, it'll be, it, it's you, that X, that amount of money has already been spent by industry before this ever even comes out. So, and of course, so that, that's kind of the point. It's just not, it's just not enough. And of course the issue that we're seeing here is the fact that, processing operations at uh, slaughter facilities like Cargill, JBS, Harmony have been reduced dramatically because employees have gotten sick as a result of COVID. What kind of an impact is that having on the industry? I know there's a backlog building, right? Yeah, right. No, it's, and and as of, as of last Monday, that backlog, we estimated at 100,000 head. That's of market-ready cattle. So if you consider since Monday, and if Cargill dig is, which I'm not sure, but if they're processing what they thought they were going to, which would be somewhere 1,500 to 2,000 head, 
And if JBS is in the same ballpark, then we're processing still, we're still a little bit under half of what those two plants are capable of. So we're still building the backlog by four to 5,000 head a day. Started with 100,000, it's still building, and that's, that's part of it. The other part of it is, is the backup of cattle that are still on, on farms, you know, people backgrounding their calves that are buying calves and backgrounding them. To go into the feedlot situation this time of year, well, if, if there's 100,000 cattle in feedlots that should be gone, that's 100,000 feeder cattle coming in that can't get in. So, so the backup is bigger than what you actually realize right off the bat. And if this keeps up, and, and if this backlog isn't isn't cleaned out by fall, that's really going to affect the price of calves in fall. That's Bob Lowe, president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. For last, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email. The Farm Desk at GoldenWestRadio.com. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Animal Nutrition Conference of Canada has been postponed. Cropsapalooza 2020 scheduled for July in Carberry has been cancelled. Brandon's Manitoba Summer Fair has been cancelled. The Red River Exhibition has been cancelled. And the 66 Manitoba Threshermen's Reunion and Stampede, scheduled this summer for Austin, has been cancelled. It's time now for the Bean Report, brought to you by Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. Joining us today is production specialist Cassandra Kochuk. Well, seeding is progressing very slowly in Manitoba. The early seeded pulse crops like peas and faba beans started going in the ground a couple weeks ago. And they continue into this week possibly into the coming weeks for different regions and depending on the weather. The daily soil temperature swings from day to night are still hovering around lower temperatures across the province. This is fine for faba beans that can germinate in 3 degree soil and for peas that can germinate in 5 degree soil, but soybeans and dry beans really prefer warmer soil. What's the impact been of uh, frost and snow here? For those wondering about the snowfall and freezing temperatures recently and what this might do to the crops that are already in the ground, well, if the seedlings haven't emerged yet at the time of frost or snowfall, they will be safe from damage. If pea and faba bean seedlings are already out of the ground, you can feel comforted that they are tolerant to frost and they can regrow from below ground nodes. But soybean and dry bean seedlings, unfortunately, they can't handle the frost. Cassandra, any tips uh, when it comes to seeding soybeans? For those thinking about starting on soybeans soon, research tells us that the best yield potential comes from planting during the first three weeks in May. So the planting window in May for soybeans is pretty flexible. With the spring we've been having, I caution you to keep an eye on that frost risk. A good rule of thumb is to plant within two weeks of your last expected frost and make sure that seedlings emerge into a frost-free environment. And you'll also want to make sure that you've got warm weather coming after seeding. And thankfully, temperatures are looking up in the forecast over the next couple of weeks. Anything else here, Cassandra? For seeding tips of pulse and soybean crops, watch for the Bean Report in your inbox on Wednesday morning. 
If you're not already signed up, you can do so at manitobapulse.ca or give us a call. Thanks, Cassandra. Cassandra Kochuk is a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. The Bean Report is brought to you by Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. You can find out more at manitobapulse.ca. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Bueller Industries has announced that products manufactured in Fargo will be relocated to the factory in Wilmar, Minnesota. The Wilmar facility manufactures products under the Farm King brand. The move will happen over the summer and production in Fargo will cease on September 30th. The Fargo operation currently employs around 35 people. This growing season, farmers should be on the lookout for club root in canola and soybean cyst nematode. David Kaminsky is with Manitoba Agriculture. As the season progresses, you can be keeping an eye on your crops at uh, all times or having somebody scout regularly. So you um, key in on patches of the field that are not looking as well as the, the rest of the field. Then work on diagnosis of the problem. See if it's something that you can intervene or whether it's a uh, maybe a chronic problem like a a soil issue or a residual herbicide issue, those sorts of things. Kaminsky says they're planning to expand surveying efforts to include emerging crops such as field peas and sunflowers. And many are saying the federal government's COVID-19 agricultural assistance program announced last week doesn't go far enough. The program designates $50 million for a set-aside program for the beef industry, to help with feeding costs for animals that can't be processed as a result of the slowdown at the meat packing plants. Bob Lowe, president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, says he's glad it's there and it's a start. If you take in the whole the whole cattle complex, it, it was used up in a matter of like a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. That amount of money has already been spent by industry before this ever even comes out. So that's kind of the point. It's just not, it's just not enough. He notes there's a backlog of market-ready cattle of about 100,000 animals, and with the continued slowdown, we're still building the backlog by about four to 5,000 head a day. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.